coming at you from New York City. It's the Real Deal Podcast with your host, Ian Phillips. Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast, everyone. Um, my name is Ian Phillips. Uh, we're back right now. Um, you will notice that there hasn't been a new episode in a long time. That is, if you've were consistent sticking with the show. Um, but, uh, and you also notice that I'm doing it alone right now. So, uh, just say that Cassie and I, um, off the podcast, uh, we were together and now we are not. And as a result, I'm now just doing this, uh, solo. Um, I won't say much more detail about what happened there. I, I don't think it's necessary thought about it deeply i thought about doing the show for weeks now and what exactly i would do i know i'm making this all sound so much more important than it really is i swear before this i put my phone in airplane mode and i said i'm going under as if i was about to perform a surgery or something it's just a podcast guys i know that but it uh it means something to me um it really does but anyway i i don't know i where we were together and we're we're not anymore and uh it sucks summer has sucked a little bit but what are you gonna do um i don't know i thought about i was like maybe should i get really personal get all marin on this and just talk about the whole thing like let out the angry jew in me there's i think there is an angry jew in me i've been thinking that's something i've been thinking about a lot uh angry jews everyone knows about the Jews in general have not had a great summer, if you read the news at all. But um, there's the neurotic Jews, there's the Woody Allens, and then there's the angry Jews that nobody really talks about. I don't like Mark Marin. I guess, is the angry Jew. I think about Alex Karpovsky, if you watch Girls, and he's been in a few movies. I like that type of Jew. I'm like, just, is there an angry Jew in me? That guy who just always seems to have woken up on the wrong side of the bed, like he's beyond neurotic that he's not joking about everything that he's just pissed pissed about everything um maybe there is that but uh i'll give it another 20 or so years um before i get you know all angry all bitter all uh, all ranty um and i don't need to get too personal i really don't this is a podcast about movies um, I'm not normally, when I do this from now on, there will be a now on, trust me, but when I do this from now, I'm not going to open like this. I just figured I should since I've been gone for this long. Um, I could set the scene a little bit, you know, um, there's like always a joke about bloggers and podcasters and everyone's like, oh, they're just some bozo in their underwear that's right that's on their computer in their mom's basement well uh jokes on you i'm in my parents attic i'm just kidding i'm not in their attic i'm in their childhood bedroom my childhood bedroom not their childhood bedroom i would i my childhood bedroom so i am doing this from home i'm a bit of a stereotype but i'm wearing shorts right now so i take this at least a little bit seriously but i am also just some schmuck with a podcast. Um, I guess everybody 
everybody these days can be just some schmuck with a podcast, which is what people say, like, oh, anyone can get a podcast. That's exactly why I got a podcast, because anyone can just go and start a podcast, and that's kind of cool that anyone can just go and uh, get a podcast. Um, and that's going to tie into a theme uh, of the show today. We'll get back to that in a minute or two. I'll set the scene a little bit. Like I said, I'm at my childhood bedroom right now. Um, I'm looking at my uh, college diploma. Um, I'm looking at a Rocket Raccoon action figure, which I bought because I wanted to treat myself. Um, I'm looking at the recent New York Times magazine cover that has Lena Dunham's head on it um, in the form of a statue. And I ripped that cover off and put it on my wall because when I was in high school, I used to like to collect magazine covers and hang them up. And when you're living at home, you might as well revert to your high school self. Minus awkwardness or that that kind of stuff, maybe without that. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, I wanted I, – I was debating about – but, like, you know – we're here right now, and the show must go on. I'm here to talk about TV. I'm here to talk about movies. That's what I'm going to do. I was trying to decide about uh, what I should talk about, one TV show or one movie. We've been gone. The last show we did was the end of June, and we talked about They Came Together, and I believe The Leftovers as well. Um, a little update since then. Uh, I watched They Came Together a second time. And I did not continue watching The Leftovers because uh, every night of the week could be a bummer. And I just was not in the mood to watch an apocalyptic show about Justin Throw. I heard it got really good, though. So, I don't know, maybe one day. But I just I got, like, a, an anxiety attack last night because, I don't know, not an attack. That's too much. But I had this anxiety flash because I realized how much fall TV is coming on. That I'm going to have to keep up with. And it's like all on Fox. Like last night there was New Girl and the Mindy Project. I watched both of them. Brooklyn Nine-Nine's coming back. And then Mulaney. And apparently I have to check out Gotham. Even though I really don't want to. But I probably should. As somebody who wants to stay cognizant. Of all the things coming out. Definitely going to watch Mulaney. No matter what. But um. I didn't want to choose just. Because there was a lot happened between. That last show in June and now in September, entire summer passed and some more. So I don't I figured I'd find a way to wrap up a lot of the stuff that um I've been talking about and kind of start with one big topic and then wrap everything in that and then it'll be like a theme show. I don't know. I don't know what you think about that, but uh we'll give it a try. Uh damn, I've been talking for eight minutes. Okay, um, I'm going to take a very quick break um, where on a normal podcast they would advertise for Stamps.com, but I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some movies. Welcome back, everybody, to the Real Deal Podcast. Um, my name is Still Ian Phillips, and I'm still recording a podcast. 
Um, so, like I said, I want to try and do an overarching theme for this episode, and I wanted to touch on two uh, big things right now that I think are very important for storytelling in general. Authenticity and originality. Um, authenticity is important because you want to establish your voice as original or else you're just fucking nothing. You're just part of one of the pack. And original is something that's important right now because uh, Hollywood seems to be lacking a lot of it right now, at least in the film front. Uh, film. So I've been I, a unprofessional film critic for about seven or eight years now. I've always loved movies, but it becomes, a, it's, I never thought I'd say this, it's becoming like a love-hate relationship when there's so much crap coming out, and I mean, you've got to, if you love movies, you got to see everything you can and review everything you can, but it's really hard, but like, you know, it's not just when things are bad that it's hard, it's when things are when it's like doesn't seem like anybody's trying anything new. Like, I don't get when people get so excited about sequels that are not necessary. Like, people are getting so excited about this Zoolander sequel coming out. And people write a million articles about it. And there's no reason. The first Zoolander is perfect as is. There's no need to see the characters again. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That makes sense. It was meant to be a franchise and it is going to be very good at being a franchise. Um, I can just tell. But maybe the reason there isn't anything original is because there aren't any original ideas left. Um, I mean, I guess there are original ideas left. They've just all been stolen by TV. Now, this is like, I get like the second time in history that film is, feels like it is being really threatened by TV. The first time was probably when TV came out and all anybody thought was, oh, nobody's going to want to come to the movies anymore. They're all just going to want to stay at home where it's convenient and cheaper and just watch things on their TV. Nobody's going to come to the theaters. We're going to go out of business. So they started making these cheesy spectacles to get people to come to theaters. And then they realized movies weren't dead. And then things eventually returned to normal. And that's what's happening right now. Um, there's a lot of amazing shows on TV right now, and it seems like everybody has their own home theater. They don't have to leave their house to get a lot of parts of the theatrical experience, and they can get almost anything they want to. Um, if you have a DVD collection, you have that, but of course what I mean is Netflix, Hulu, HBO Go, Amazon, the iTunes, everything is right there. And now, even things like that are still in theaters, uh, just to stay alive, a lot of indies have to release a movie in theaters, release a movie on demand the same day it's in theaters, which is both a, both a good and bad thing. It's a good thing because as somebody who lives in the suburbs, um, a lot of those movies don't come to theaters here a lot, so on demand has provided a chance for me to get to watch them without having to go to New York. And all I can say is if I was – that was around when I was in middle and high school, I would have been so much happier because there's not many other ways to see it here. But it's also a bad thing because people 
don't know why you have to go to a theater anymore. I don't. I feel like everybody just like with the means and that we like everything that we have, like everything is just at our fingertips. People are becoming so much more entitled. Like I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation with somebody telling them to go see something in theaters and before I know it they're like holding up their computer screen they're like oh look I found it I found it right here online I don't have to go to a theater but okay cool good for you what that's like just one way of showing off okay go have fun watching that cut of the hunger games you got on your 15 inch computer where the surround sound is just packed into this tiny device and you're just lying on your bed watching it at two o'clock in the morning that's i mean that's one way to watch a movie but it's not an experience when you're going to a theater you're not just watching a movie you're going for an experience you're going to see it in public i guess there's really isn't much reason that theaters need to exist but i think they're really important they get you out of the house. And, like, even if you don't talk, you don't have to talk to people when you go to the theaters. Like, why would you ever want to talk to another person? But it's just the shared experience. Um, I'll compare, let's say, two recent movie-going experiences I've had. Um, I saw The Drop last Friday at 4.30 in the afternoon in Fairfield, Connecticut. And there was, like, five other people in the theater uh, two of them, which was like a 60-year-old couple, or no, not so they were like much older, uh, retired couple sitting right behind me, and the whole time the wife just kept whispering to her husband, "I don't understand this." So funny experience, but maybe not the best. It just made me wish I stayed home. And then I'll, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy uh, at the midnight screening. Every single seat was taken. Everybody laughed at the right moments, was thrilled at the right moments. Everybody stayed through the entire credits because everybody knew that there was going to be a scene towards the end. I like to shit on Marvel a lot, but they really have the definition of building a brand. The fact that people they've been people have been trained to know to stay in their seats because they know there's gonna be a closed credit scene. That's amazing. That's a shared experience right there. That's why we go to the movies. You go to the movies. Because you get a shared experience. Um, there's just, I don't know, like, when it's a really good movie, or just, not even just a really good movie, forget good and bad, something special, something interesting, something unique. Um, when you go, when you're in a theater with other people, no matter if you talk to them or not, like, you're sharing an emotion with them. And just, like, look around. Next time you go to a movie that really has an effect, you just look around and see what the other people are feeling. You feel like you've been through something with other people. I'm not going to say, oh, it's like we're all going to war together. No, that's stupid. But, like, just, like, the idea that you can have that shared experience that you might get at a concert or a live show just over something that's been that's already been made, like something you could watch in your living room, I think that makes movie going... Anyone who goes to the movies now, it's even more special because you don't have to. By the way, I do think theater experience will survive. I think, I don't know, maybe all this home viewing stuff is a bubble. Probably not. It's changing things. But, you know, like, people can get anything they want on iTunes so easily, but there are still people who choose to buy records. And 
I don't know how the record industry does now. I don't have the numbers, but there's still people who buy records enough so that you could go to a record store in Manhattan and there's a lot of people browsing around. Um, so I think there will just be, there will be people that still love going to the movies and will choose going. Um, not just original and authentic movies. We need original and authentic theaters. Um, I went to the Angelica Film Center in Manhattan the other day. Um, it's a great little theater. Um, when you're sitting there, it's like right next to a subway. So like you could feel the entire place rattle every time a train goes by. You'll think it's a thunderstorm or an earthquake, but just the trains. I don't know. It's a, it's a nice theater that you can buy popcorn and or vegan cookies there or milkshakes. That just feels like they went the extra mile. I think my favorite theater in New York, it's not the nicest theater. The nicest theater is the Village Cinema East. That place looks like a cathedral. It used to be a synagogue, but you know what I mean. Like, it's an amazing place. My favorite is the IFC Center. Because even if you, you go in, like, the middle of the day, and there might be there's, like, always people going there. But just, like, I don't know. You just feel like that place feels like a family of film lovers. That just feels like a place made for people who love movies. I think a lot of theaters now, they don't feel like palaces for the love of cinema. They just feel like shopping malls. And if I want to go to a shopping mall, I go to a shopping mall. I want to go to the movies. And I don't just I don't just go to the movies to just sit there and see the movie. That's obviously a big part of what I'm doing. But I also am going there because there's an experience to be had. We need to gain that back. That's very special. That's something that home viewing just can't give you. No matter how great and easy it is to just turn on your Netflix. I I do that all the time, not gonna lie. But um Pow. Um but then once you have we have these fabled palaces back again, you know what we need? We need to fill it with good movies. And I'm starting to realize, I used to always, I get so excited whenever I see like a totally original movie not based on a book or a graphic novel or a comic book or a video game or a sequel or remake or prequel, whatever you want to call it. Something completely original that stands alone. I get so excited for that. But then I can get critical too, but... I'm starting to realize that nothing is original anymore. Um, I've been overhearing secondhand a lot of Joseph Campbell yet. I can't say I read Joseph Campbell. I can't sound that coolly because I haven't picked up a book yet. I'm working on it though. But I've been hearing this one thing Joseph Campbell saying that basically every story is the same. I might be taking that out of context, but it really is true. After a while, every story pretty much is the same. I think it just matters how you tell it. So what I'm saying is like, you can't always just come completely out of left field. Like there are people that do that, like David Lynch. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not the biggest. I don't, David Lynch doesn't always do it for me. I appreciate him. And I also think he's hilarious in real life. And I get a kick out of all the weird stuff he does. And just listening to his like helium filled voice is great. But I don't, I don't, these movies don't do it for me. Um, my point is that you don't always have to try and reinvent the wheel. Just got to keep the wheel spinning. Um, the most, the best movie I've seen so far this year, it's, 
unless something really, really good comes out, it's probably not going to be Men, Women, and Children, the Jason Reitman one. I hope Jason Reitman makes a good movie again. We'll see how that is. But, but that's going to be the best movie of the year, probably, unless something really good comes out. Something even better than Boyhood comes out. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, what are you waiting for? But you probably know that it's about it's a coming of age story that takes place over twelve years, and they filmed a little piece of the movie over course of twelve years. They film a few days one year, a few days the next year, and did that over twelve years. So you actually got to see the characters grow in age, which is something I don't think has ever been done before, and um, that's pretty incredible to me. But that wasn't the only thing that made the movie good. That was a really cool thing. And the thing is, even if Boyhood didn't turn out to be good, it should be celebrated just for that achievement alone. Just because they just had this insanely ambitious idea. But the thing is, the story of Boyhood is not this brand new story. It's a coming-of-age story. A kid coming from being raised by a single mother. He goes through a lot of the tropes of growing up. Things you'd see in a coming-of-age movie. But the thing that was so special about it was authenticity. It felt real. Like, things about it might not have actually happened to Richard Linklater, but they felt like... Excuse me. Um, <laughs> the things that happened it felt like it could have happened to anybody during their childhood. But, like, there's just... The whole movie is about a character kind of striving to find out who he is and what's special and authentic about him. Just the movie itself is an authentic achievement in itself. Collect my thoughts here for a second. I'm doing this unscripted, by the way, right now. I just figured, fuck it, let's do it. Um, but yeah, like, just like there's one scene that really stuck out to me where he goes to visit his grandparents who are this, like, couple that live out in the woods in Texas. They're older and very conservative. Clearly, they give him a gun for his 15th birthday, which, as a kid who grew up in the North, in the very liberal Northeast, like, that just so crazy to me. But, like, that scene, like, I got a little chuckle out of it, but it didn't serve to make fun of the couple at all. It just kind of gave you a glimpse of their lives. It was empathy. It was normal to them. And that's what was... That's something that was authentic about it, and I love that. Um, lost my train of thought again. Thanks for sticking with me, people. I don't know if I'm actually saying anything real right now, but I'm trying. But my point is, you don't need an original story. You just need a new angle from it. Um, another show, another thing I've been watching this summer is the show Parenthood. Which is a TV show, not a movie, but it's basically about a big... Uh, dysfunctional family and all of them are dealing with something very different. Um, the thing is, I was thinking about the show and comparing it to Modern Family, which I loved Modern Family in the first season and then it went, and then it kind of just went completely astray and kept repeating itself, having the same boring morals and endings over and over again and didn't try for anything different it just it did not exceed they just kind of got stuck in one place and they did well and they enjoyed it and now i complain every year and it gets nominated for emmys but parenthood i just like imagine like for every time the writers meet i can imagine them sitting in a circle and like asking like oh 
Like, what happened to you guys this week? What are you dealing with at home? Tell us stories about your childhood. Like, they really dug in for that. And, like, sometimes the show can feel a little predictable. I'll give it that. But it's a good kind of predictable. It's the kind that you feel like you know the characters so well and they're so real and well-established that you could see a pattern for them. I don't think that's a bad thing, necessarily. Um... It's it has an air of authenticity for a network drama. You uh, you don't always expect that. Um, another thing I'd also just want a quick thing I want is just a quick little footnote side note. Um, there were people who say this goes back to the whole seeing movies in theaters versus watching them like on demand. There are people who will say like it's like a really small movie that they don't think they need to see on a big screen, so they say, oh, I'll just wait for it to be on demand to watch it, not on a big screen. Sometimes I'll tell people, when people ask me if they should see a movie, I'll tell them, wait for it to be on cable, but it doesn't do the scope of it. Like, I would tell people for the drop, wait to see it when it's on cable. It's not that worth going out of your way for, but it's entertaining enough that if you catch it on cable... You could sit through the whole thing and you'd have a good night out of it. But to anybody who's just who would see something like Boyhood and say, oh, it's a small indie movie. I can wait for it to be on demand. Shut up. Honestly, I, that sounds harsh, but shut up. Like, what does that even like? What does that even mean? Like, just be like, that's you're not just going because the screen is a little bigger. Anyone could build the size of a movie screen if their house is big enough in their house. You're, like I said, you're going for the shared experience. Boyhood is a beautiful and enriching movie to go see in theaters. You will cry at the end. Everybody will be crying at the end. You'll feel like you've grown over those three hours. It's another thing. People say, oh, it's three hours long. That's that. People say that they'll groan at the fact that a movie's three hours long, and that'll be like right after they just finished watching five episodes of Game of Thrones in a row. It's a very weird double standard. Movies are in trouble, um, but I think they'll make a comeback. I'm already starting to feel more confident because there's like three or four movies coming out in the next week or so that I want to see. I already saw the Skeleton Twins. I liked that a lot. I was happy I saw it. Um, but the reason I've really been thinking about originality and authenticity, I've been thinking about a lot of reasons. I just graduated from college, don't really know what I'm doing yet, um, and been trying to work on my writing and this, and been thinking about the idea of like how do you distinguish yourself? How do you get your original voice out there? You don't try and be original. You just try and look at life. Life is, we all look at, we all look at life, the same life, the same world, but we all see it a little differently and that's what matters. Boyhood is a coming of age story. Like so many coming of age stories before it, but it looks at everything just a little bit differently. There's a moment in it where a character says, we don't seize the moment. The moment seizes us. And I think in any other movie, it would have been so incredibly corny. But now it works so well there because you've just seen three hours of the moment seizing all of these people. That it really works. So what I'm saying is you can make any... 
Like, there's so many bad ideas out there, so many bad movies, but they could all work if you just look at it, approach it just, just the right way. And maybe with that, I can be more than just some schmuck with a podcast. Uh, we'll be right back. And we're back, everybody. Um, so that was that. That was a very long... I'm just going to call it a ramp because it didn't really have direction. I had an idea. I drifted off a few times. I probably didn't sound like I had a thesis. I didn't really script this out. I just wanted to go back to basics, like the very first episode I did by myself when I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but why not? Why not try this out and see what happens? So I just decided to do that again, just kind of see, think about one little thing and be like, why not? Let's see what happens. Let's do it on the fly, which I won't always do in the future. Like I said, there will be other episodes in the future. If you are listening to this, thank you. That means a lot to me. And when I was doing this more actively, people would tell me they'd listen to it when they were at work or working out or trying to go to sleep, monotonous things like that. And when I listen to podcasts, I do it during those exact same times. So that means a lot to me that you'd spend that boring time during your day uh, listening to me blather on about um, movies and TV shows. Um, that, that means a lot. Um, so I think I'm going to keep doing this. We'll see what happens. Maybe next week I'll have another one. Maybe I'll take a little more time. I don't know. For now, I'm just going to do it myself probably bring back some weekly guest hosts and see what happens. Like I said, thank you so much uh, if you listened. Um, as always, if you want to ch- check out um, anything I write, go to Real Deal Blog, R-E-E-L, dealblog.com. That's realdealblog.com. And you'll see up there right now reviews of um, Frank and the Skeleton Twins and Calvary. Um, you'll also see uh, posts about the, the Emmys and uh, my favorite dysfunctional families in pop culture, um, a lot of assorted stuff like that. And if you want to listen to older podcast episodes of this podcast, um, I know I don't, but um, if you do, um, you can find us on iTunes, Real Deal Podcast, or on my website. Again, that's realdealblog.com. Thank you again for listening. I can assure you we'll be back. And as always, three, two, one, keep it real. Keep it real.
Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast. My name is Ian Phillips. Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast. My name is Ian Phillips. Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast. My name is Ian Phillips. Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast. My name is Ian Phillips. All right, deep breaths, Ian. Come on, we can do this, guys. And.